Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. This is Boost Power Podcast on the road in London, England. Yes, the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network is alive and well. And Katie Conover is with us today. One of the fun interviews we're doing on the road here in England and Scotland and always talking to the coolest women we can find to tell their stories, to uplift and inspire. Katie, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. You kind of got conned into this because, you know, you are related to Carol Calkins and she kind of volunteered you. So lucky you. (laughs) Well, but that's good. Well, I, I like it because you're young and you're smart and you're beautiful and you're living in a foreign country. And I think growing up in Indianapolis, Indiana, I never created a story called uh, I could go live in a, 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 a you know, extra special place like yeah. London. So I want to talk about today, um, I think the theme is kind of like adventure and bravery. Okay. Right? Yeah. I want to just talk about like, as you think back as you're now grown up self only, like half as old as me, grown up self, um, think back to your childhood and what can you remember were like things along the way that were either experiences or things you thought or did that maybe gave you, you know, kind of the, the foundation or the groundwork for who you are today? Um, when my parents got divorced, that had a major impact. I was five and five and a half, six when it all went through and it wasn't, you know, the nicest memory I don't remember my parents doing anything before, but like them kind of fighting and to see like your parental figures fighting, there is a certain amount of independence you suddenly kind of have to have as a child because you can see the adults aren't really able to control themselves. So it's like, okay, we'll sort ourselves out. This is all right. And did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a younger brother. He's just over two years younger than me and um the two of it was the two of us growing up and we went so one of the the best things about the divorce um there were a couple really good things i mean first of all my parents were not in an unhappy marriage they split and they you know allowed my mom to find my stepdad who's been an amazing second parent parental figure which has been awesome and um my parents set up a joint custody arrangement so that we spent the first half of the week with my dad and the second half of the week with my mom. So I literally got equal time with both parents, yeah. which not a lot of kids have divorced, especially in the eighties. That wasn't very common. It was the father would kind of come around every other weekend. And mm-hmm. I just think that's so unfair. Yeah. So, and also having to do that movement back and forth and, you know, be responsible for, okay, what am I going to, need and you know having to think ahead what am I going to need for when I'm at my mom's house what am I going to need for when I'm at my dad's house what activities do I have and all of the schlepping of stuff back and forth Mm -hmm. but that's a really cool thing to say because I think lots of people listening you know either some of us I have been through a divorce (laughs) I did not have kids dogs or debt so I always said no kids no dogs no debt goodbye yeah because I married the wrong guy (laughs) different podcast different story but I like it that um, that kind of self-sufficiency planning ahead. What am I wearing to school when I'm at dad's? What I need a mom, you know? I think that that's interesting because those skills are so helpful today. So that's a cool, that's a cool reflection. reflection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't like I, it wasn't intended, but it was, it was just out of necessity. And it was just something that it, you just have to adapt 
Because, and even as simple as a friend would say, oh, I'm going to call you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, which day are you going to call oh, me? Oh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to give you a different phone number. Right. Because this is long before yeah, cell phones. This is in the day. Uh, for those young people listening, we used to have telephones. They were on walls and they were connected with cords. And so before Katie's caller ID. showing her age a slight bit. She's not quite as young as you think she could be. Okay, back to this. Okay, so that's one yeah. skill. Um, other things that you found as you kind of look back and like, what could make me who I am? I mean, I've always been extremely active, um, done tons of sports and activities. My mom always put me in different things. I think she was afraid that my energy would just like, if I didn't expend it, I was going to get into trouble. Okay, so that kind of, here you were, independent. And then what was your school path? Like, what did you study? Where did you go to college? And then what did you do? So, yeah, I mean, I did, uh, went to high school. I was part of the Littleton Public School System for anyone from the Colorado area. Um, and I I did AP. I now, did, where were you during Columbine? <laughs> I was at Littleton High School. You were in high school during Columbine. It was my senior year. So that is super freaky. And Columbine, yeah. for those people listening from around the world was the the first kind of horrific school shooting that was in Colorado. Um, I remember that day I was dating my husband. I was living in Dallas watching it on TV and I'm like, where are you in that city? (laughs) Please tell me you're not by that school. Uh, We were actually in school. Yeah, we were actually quite close. Um, So Columbine High School and Littleton High School were only maybe five, 10 miles apart which by U.S. standards is pretty close. Like we had cross-country meets at the Mm -hmm. park right next to Columbine High School. So Mm -hmm. It was really, it was really bizarre and really, um, I mean, you know, you think when you're like 18 that you got the world, you can handle yourself, everything is in order. And then something like this, essentially, it just proved to me that you can think you are quote unquote safe, but nowhere is safe from bad things happening. And so for me, I think it really gave me a perspective that I've definitely carried through us, you know, even through now to really just understand that, yeah, I mean, you can be in a safe neighborhood, you can be in a safe area, you can be in a safe place, but, you know, there is nothing to control those outside forces that might come in and essentially break up that sense of safety. Right. So you have this really insulated, protected suburban community with that kind of mindset. And then that happens. And suddenly you realize that it, things can happen anywhere. Right. And it just... It Did m- they lock down your school? Yeah. 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 They because that was school. all happening in such a close school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were locked down. And it was funny because I still remember I was rehearsing for a play... Or I was on, I think probably I was on the the light crew for that play. And I remember sitting backstage and one of the guys had a radio on and we were just listening to the radio and listening to the reports and like everybody was quiet. And like the next day, um, there was a big school assembly, which actually I chose not to attend. I decided um, with one of my friends, we went into Denver. There's a conservative synagogue. And it was just quiet. We just went and sat there and we just talked because I wanted to, I didn't want to be in a place where I think, you know, being very aware of hypocrisy. Right. And, and not just wanting. Just all the drama and the hype and the, uh. Yeah. 
just made it bigger and bigger. Yeah. So okay. So back into a brighter <laughs> note. All right. So then you went off to college. Yep. Where did you go? I went to Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois, which is a tiny private liberal arts college, and I loved it. They had. Um, I first thought I was going to be a high school English teacher, and then I started doing theater classes and decided to change my major. So I majored in um, theater, minored in Spanish. I did. My focus was costume and lighting design. So that's Beautiful. what I did a lot when I was there. I worked in the costume shop. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was it was great. It was I had, you know, good people that came into my life. I loved it because nobody knew me. Right. Because I had had a really bad falling out my senior year with like two of my best friends. And that was all over. the dreaded high school girl <sighs> friendship dilemma oh i oh. totally and i lived it with my daughter too oh my gosh i know you're like wait tell us about the high school dilemma but we're going to break you're listening to boost power podcast and we will be right back with katie you are listening to boost power podcast with your host betsy weersma we are part of the global sisterhood podcast network women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. We are back, and we are not going to talk about high school girls on Boost Power Podcast. I'm cutting that one out, and we're heading on to brighter pastures. Okay, so how did a nice girl like you that went to a liberal arts college, easy for me to say, I went to Purdue Liberal Arts School, so I got that. How does a nice girl like you end up here today in London and you actually know your way around, you can bike it, you know how to use the tube. Um, yeah, how, well, how did that happen? Uh, well, in my life, there are certain things that I've always wanted to do. One was learn a second language. So minoring in Spanish, I studied abroad in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I was there when 9-11 happened just to date myself. Um, and it was a great experience. And then that, and it just kind of fostered that idea that I wanted to go further afield and um, graduated. I did, I had, cause I started working in theater. So I had various jobs in theater um, in Denver. Cause I moved back to Denver. Cause my girlfriend at the time we were, uh, together and then we were living together so that was um, great then I moved to Austin Texas for a year and a half to try to do a master of fine arts in costume design that was not a good fit I left um, broke up with the girlfriend and then made the decision one it was like inspiration struck to move to New York it was like I woke up one day and I was like... That's a big city for costume design and theater, of course. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because of the theater. It was just like something... It was like the universe just said to me, you need to do this. Um, and I remember telling my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm going to move to New York. And she's like, well, I mean, that, that sounds great. But, you know, what are you going to do about a job and a place to live? And I'm like... It'll be fine. I have this summer stock job in this theater in Wisconsin, um, American Players Theater. One of the costume designers, because it was my second season there, one of the costume designers works and lives in New York. I'm going to ask her. And it was absolutely, that's exactly how it happened. Wow. And talk about, see, I said I wanted to start talking about brave. That feels like a super brave thing to do. I mean, it was, it was, 
It's funny because I didn't think of it as brave. I thought of it as, as exciting. Okay. Because I, I Adventurous. Was like, yeah. Yeah. And it was a, a new place, a new start because I had had this, you know, long-term relationship with my first girlfriend that ended and I needed just to be yeah. somewhere fresh. Redo. Absolutely. Do over. Exactly. And I mean, let's be honest, if anybody has ever gone to New York City, it is, there is so much energy in that place. And I loved living there every day. I was, it was like I'd made it in the world. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm in New York. I'm paying my bills. I have a, you know, an apartment, all that stuff. And it's like this kind of like the young American dream almost, where it's like you can go to the big city and you can like... If I could make it there, I'll make it. I know, Bessie, yeah. don't sing. <laughs> Anywhere, it's up to Katie. New York, New York. Okay, yeah. so you're in New York, but you're still not in London. Nope. Every inquiring minds want to know. That's a big pond. Well, because I had to go to New York first before I could get to London. So um, through my time in New York... Um, I eventually left the theater I was working for. I did two seasons there, and then it was... I, I learned the very valuable lesson that you either need to have time or you need to have money. And the, working in that theater job, I had no time and no money. So I needed to change that. So I got a different job um, in a different industry. And my girlfriend at the time and I were... Um, traveling to London and Paris and it had always been her dream to move to London it was it had also been my dream to live abroad but it was kind of like in the intangible maybe it'll happen in the distant future um, but on this trip to London and Paris we went to the Victorian Albert Museum and I found out that they had a master's program that they did with the Royal College of Art because I was looking to start a master's program and it was the history of design. And it was like, oh my God, I have to do this because the program was um, a joint program. So you got the degree through the Royal College of Art, but you also had some classes and you did some work in the Victorian Albert Museum, which is the largest. The bomb. <laughs> it's the bomb museum in a good way. Yeah. Um, the coolest, most amazing museum ever. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's got the biggest collection, one of the best collections of art and design in the entire world. Um, well, there's that. Yeah, on top of it. Um, so essentially, I applied to a couple master's programs. Um, I got into the Royal College of Art, and my girlfriend at the time, she and I moved to London. She was a high school English teacher, ironically enough, mm -hmm. um, and she got a an unsponsored work visa which now they're not really doing anymore for right. the UK. And I came over on a student visa. So we relocated our entire lives and came over here. And I loved it. And she was miserable. And so after a year and a half of being here together, because the master's program that I did was slightly different than most master's programs in the UK, it was actually a two-year program. Most master's programs in the UK are one year. And that's like a calendar year, not like one school year. But mine was two school years. Um, so we broke up and then I finished. And then afterwards, I didn't want to go back. I had the option of doing a post-study work visa. So I applied for that because at the time I was working in the Victoria and Albert Museum. And I was working on the Hollywood Costume Exhibition, which was amazing. 
I love that. That was so much fun. Um, so you got the incredible job at the dream place after the great program. Yeah, exactly. Which was, I was so excited because I was working it, um, on an exhibition. It was, it was like the dream. It was, I didn't have a contract, but I could work at, you know, and there was so much to do and it was fantastic. So I, um, and then while I had that post-study work visa, I um, started to go out and go out to clubs, which is something I didn't actually do in my 20s because... So you were catching up for lost time. Oh, my God. You were so busy working. I mean, it was some of it was working and some of it was being overly cautious, you know, trying not to put myself into a situation I can't get out of. And then it was like, and this was like the year I turned 30, I was like screw it. Let's just go out. And I started going out a lot and had you heard that here. She was going out a lot. This is the part her mom is not listening to. So we're going to go, we're going to tell the truth on boost power podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Mom, turn off now. (laughs) Turn off now, mom. So you're going out, you're 30, which is great, great age to have fun. Yeah. You're confident you're here. And I ended up, so I had always been reticent to go to clubs alone and I didn't have many lesbian friends in London. Most of my friends were from my, my master's program, very English, very heterosexual, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. They would have come, but it's a very different scenario when you kind of have to watch your straight friend and make sure that they're all okay. So I started going out to clubs on my own. And uh, See, I think the theme is brave, Katie. <laughs> I think that's brave, but it's also just adventurous, you know? Yeah. And it was time to have fun. It was. It was time to have fun. And it was it was a little bit awkward at first because it was like, oh, my God, how do I do this? And then, you know, there were certain nights. Either there was one lesbian club that has since closed. It was called Candy Bar. At one point, they did a whole series called Candy Bar Girls. Um, you can look it up. It is on the Internet. But it was, yeah, so I'd go there or there was lesbian nights um, that I'd go to. And through that, I ended up becoming friends with these two really great girls. They were, I mean, 11 years younger than me, but you know, it was perfect because they wanted to do the same things I wanted to do. And we had so much fun. And through them, um, I met my wife. So see, you never know what you don't know, what you don't know. And the two young girls, you never know. So moral to the story. Exactly. Two young girls could be the hookup. You never know. Well, and I had always said, there's no way you can have a lasting relationship from somebody you met in a club. I said that all the time. And then the universe just went, yeah, yeah, watch me. Yeah. And yeah, so I met my wife and um, yeah, just kind of progressed from there. Okay, so now your personal life mm-hmm. has caught up to your business life. Yeah. You've been working at the museum. Um, so talk a little bit just about how did you feel when you came to London? It was it was very different because I came here as a student first. Okay, so that was kind of like a way. Yeah. So it wasn't quite as bold as the New York move. Yeah, yeah. It, w- it was a little less bold because I had, you know, things were a little bit more settled and I was moving with you know, a girlfriend. At the time, yeah. It's, you know, there's something a little bit more established. Mm -hmm. Um, And also because even one, because I've always had to deal with the visa 
problem. Mm -hmm. So um, my wife and I got married quite quickly because I my post-study work visa was getting ready to run out. And we made the decision that we wanted to stay together. And the way we would be able to stay together is if we got married. Because then, because we wouldn't, we didn't want to have a long distance relationship. Right. So it, it, was, it was so funny. There was never like an aha moment, like, ah, oh, London is the place. It was more that, you know, if you stay somewhere long enough, life starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And I started to have friends and started to have a life and started to see the city as this amazing place. I mean, it's different from New York. There's still so much here and it's got the European vibe, which is amazing. I mean, London has pretty much everybody from all around the world. You can take the bus and you'll hear at least five different languages being right. spoken. Right. And it's so green. New York mm -hmm. was so concrete. It was a concrete desert essentially. Yeah. Whereas London, if you're more than 10 minutes walking away from any park, you're not in London. Right. That's so cool. I'm really getting such a different um, experience of it this time because I'm here doing art and I'm here walking the streets and we walked down, you know, to the tower, the Tower of London. There was this bloom exhibition when I love flowers and I'm a gardener. And that was just yeah. like so fun to explore this kind of cool thing. And it's honoring the Queen Elizabeth. And of course, my name is Elizabeth. So there's that. But um, just knowing now the other artists here and meeting mm -hmm. her friends, I could really see how you could carve out a really cool life here. Well, we could yeah. go on for like a year, but um, so like if you were, if you were your younger self, what mm -hmm. would be something yourself now would love to tell Katie, um, you know, as she didn't know what was coming, but now like, what would you give us like wisdom for people listening? Um, don't stop dreaming. Literally anything that you think can happen will happen. And just dream big, you know, whatever you want, just, Put it into the universe. I believe in synchronicity. And if you don't tell the universe what you want, then the universe won't help. So just get it out there. Oh, that's great. Great, great wisdom. Um, okay, so if people want to send you an email, yeah. get a hold of you, will you just say that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can definitely get in touch with me. Um, my email address is kaconover, and that's spelled C-O-N-O-V-E-R at gmail.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's the weirdest handle, Katie from America too, with the number two. Well, I I know you could see what I saw in Katie when I first met her at a pub eating <laughs> stew and meat on Sunday, because that's what you do here, um, that she's just this beautiful bright light in the world. And it's so fun uh, for all of you listening, for whatever that little dream is that's in your heart or that idea that you have, you know, I'm twice Katie's age, well, twice her age when she started to go out. Okay, so 30 times two, I'm 61. Okay, but it's not too late. I am here in London doing an art workshop with an artist that was my friend's college roommate. I'm just saying, dream big and go for it because there's so many great adventures in this world. And I would tell you, London is a super fun place to do that. You've been listening to Boost Power Podcast and today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you have that power to meet the people, the places, go do the things that light you up and make your life rich and gooey and full of bravery. Since that's my theme today with my great guest, Katie Conover. Please share Boost Power Podcast with others that want 
great energy to be uplifted and inspired and give us a great rating on any podcast app you love. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.